0: All right, you
1: primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny.
0: Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. <laughs> I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work.
1: The power of Christ comes you. This is my boomstick what's your favorite scary movie
0: what's up horror heads and welcome to shiver a horror movie podcast we are your hosts i'm daniel debona and i'm
1: david uyoa
0: and this week, we are doing one of the newer movies that we've done. It's been a little bit since we've got to one this new movie. that's only about a year old. We're going to be doing The Night House. Uh, this one was one that I just happened to turn on HBO one day, and it was like, hey, this is new. You might want to check this out. And uh, I read the description. It seemed real cool. It was getting a lot of praise online. Uh, and so went ahead and clicked it. And, I mean, we went ahead. We put it on the list. I was... I'm pretty good with it. This there's there was a man, there's a lot that happened in this movie yesterday. Not was. like like in what didn't seem like a very long span of time. And so, I mean, we we're just gonna get to it because there, there's definitely a lot to talk about with this movie. So there is a lot of subtext here. And we're gonna get to theories and subtext and all of that. But before we get to that, Dave, I just wanna know, like, what's your overall feeling for this? There's this newer sub genre of horror that seems to be just a two hour long psychological mind fuck. And then act three happens and all of the shit hits the fan, right? Like hereditary mm, or, right. or, you know, some of those others that we've done. So, you know, did this film, were, were you happy with it or when it's over, were you just kind of scratching your head? Like, how'd you feel about it?
1: I don't know if this approached the, um, the subgenre of what has been referred to as elevated horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it flirted with elevated horror, and uh, and I think it did so tastefully. Um, interestingly, and go with me on this uh, because it it certainly doesn't feel like it, and it, even watching the. Uh, the trailer, even after watching the movie, I'm gonna say this, and I, I feel like I'm crazy for saying this. but I get major insidious vibes from this movie okay in, in that there's something and then there's something else and and these two these two things are like almost so distantly related that you're like, how the fuck did we get here right and and yet and yet it works. yeah. Because uh, this movie has um, the possibility of being a couple different things. And I think even though that's not clarified, that ambiguity might work for it. Right, I still haven't decided if it works for it or against it. What I do know is that no matter what the intended outcome of this movie is, I like it. Right. I yeah. really did enjoy it. and and what's more, I think it's a really well made movie. Like there are some shots here that are framed so beautifully. The tension is palpable in this movie. the uh, the idea of like this this um, waking sleep, yeah, that um uh, that our our heroine is uh, is experiencing. Uh, and and Rebecca Hall, I think, just absolutely killed it in this movie as as Beth. She was so damn good. Uh I mean, truthfully, all the actors I think were good. I, on a technical level, this movie I think succeeds in just about every possible way. Um and, and that's one of those things that kept me engrossed. I was only planning on watching the first half of this movie. And right. then and then come back and watch the second half of the movie the next day. And that didn't happen i just i i just kept watching i was like i i I gotta see what's going on here and and so i i I think if if you ask me uh today you ask me tomorrow you ask me a week from now uh is this a good movie did you like this movie i would say yeah i think this is a really good movie and i think i really like this movie yeah i uh
0: this movie got I I had a weird roller coaster with this movie uh, because it started off and, and things were weird and wonky and wild. And I was like, okay, like I'm along for this ride. (laughs) And then somewhere in the middle, I thought that I'd figured it out. And I started to like catch this wave of disappointment because I was like, ah, shit, I get it. I know what they're doing here. And they're just going to get to the end and I'm just going to, I'm going to be kind of sad that I figured it out, right? That they didn't. And, and then, and then they got to the end and I, I had figured it out, kind of, but <laughs> I was still, I was, I still, I still liked it. They, they did a lot of really cool things with this. You're right. Just uh, aesthetically, this movie is fucking gorgeous. Really I mean, is. it is just beautiful these huge sweeping shots of of the lake and just clouds and just these amazing uh, sometimes the shots that just look like still frames that are just so beautiful and you're you're constantly you you always kind of feel like you don't you just you just don't understand quite enough And then, like I said, then I got to a point where I was disappointed because I thought I understood too much. Like I, I, and I was like, oh, they, 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 they buried the lead too much with that. But Mm -hmm. they, but they still got me with some of the stuff. Um, I, I, so one thing about this movie that I really enjoyed that I ended up kind of getting into today was some of the musical stuff Uh, because that that one that one song. It just, it just kept, it just kept all day long. And like, I couldn't even remember the words to it. Right. So I eventually, today I li-
1: the cross.
0: that's the one. And so today <laughs> I literally Googled that song from the Nighthouse, when I discovered that it was uh, the Calvary cross, which when you go to read the lyrics for it is a haunting song. Yeah, it it is, and so then I was immediately like, I was like, well, now I want to know a little bit more, right? So I kind of went on this like bizarre little deep dive into the music, and it turns out that like the the guy who uh, the composer for it, his name uh, is Ben Lovett, and so he had also worked on the Ritual with. Uh, with uh, David Bu- David Bruckner, and so they had this idea. He gets uh, to use Cavalry Cross, but then things get really weird because he took three chords, the three chords from Cavalry Cross, and he created what's called a negative harmony, mm-hmm. which is essentially like a shadow version of a song, and then all of the scoring. Is based on that being twisted in different ways that meet that match the the manic and depressive moments that Beth is having. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just I was floored by that to find out that one, that song was super creepy, and that that two, he kind of twisted it up like that. I, I mean, so this was one where as I read more and more into it, I I found more things to like. And it wasn't that I ever disliked it. So did I did I scratch my head a little bit? Yeah 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 and like you said you 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 have to come to terms with ambiguity sometimes and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I do think that the storyline ambiguity that we're going to get into I think that it makes this movie better I think that it works mm-hmm. real well with it and yeah I today tomorrow you ask me I think I think I liked it a lot I'm not settled on a number for the end yet but I do yeah.
1: I do feel comfortable saying I really liked it and I, I think part of that ambiguity, uh, not part of it. I mean, we're talking like 90% of this ambiguity, <laughs> right? Is um nothing. Nothing. Right. What what is the nothing that uh that her her husband, um Owen right, that he leaves in that note. You know, nothing is after you. And she she tells her friend, uh, Claire, uh, who I thought was played brilliantly. Uh, by I've not kn- Kristen Bell. By not, yes! I was like, <sighs> man, you... She looks like <laughs> Kristen Bell, which is one hell of a compliment because she's yes. you know a smoke show. Uh I've I've never seen uh Sarah Goldberg is the actress's name, I've never seen her in anything else, but uh she was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, as as the like oh so concerned friend. Mm-hmm. Um so I um when she like reveals to her, she was like, I, I lied, I do know what it is that he's talking about. Um, you know, nothing is there all along. And I love that, that play on words, right? Um, she is, Beth is haunted after Owen's suicide, right? Um, and as with anything, right, you, you have to kind of come to terms with this. And doing that means that she comes face to face with this like dark Life that he had, a life she didn't know anything about, right? Um, uh, Which starts with just seeing a picture of someone who uh, seems to be, but is not her, right? On on his cell phone, right? Uh, So there's two ways that the story can go, right? There is the supernatural angle, where um, nothing is kind of representative of death itself. Right. Right. Uh, almost in the, um, and, uh, oh, uh, what's this movie series, uh, final destination, right. Almost like final destination. Right. Um, and, and then there's the other road that it can take where nothing is more, um, ethereal and it's this sort of like depression that, uh, that she has, right. Um, uh, whether it is grief that she's feeling or whether it is, um, you know, the, the coming to terms with almost dying, like she had before, right. She does mention that nothing has been in her life, you know, that, uh, this has been something that she's been struggling with for a long time and that what kept nothing at bay was Owen. Right. So, um, What's your take okay. on nothing?
0: So um, when I when I look at this, I, I'm choosing to believe that what we're presented with here is um, what I've referred to in our show notes and our social media post as capital, all capital letters, nothing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a proper name, almost like, a, what was it? Never ending story, right? The nothing right. is coming. Mm-hmm. Um so, so from, from from this moment for a little while, when I say nothing, I'm referring to like a character. Uh, nothing is a thing. So they create this character of nothing that is essentially death incarnate, and we get this really twisted tale of um, a, a, a a a a deity of sorts trying to get the one who got away right Mm -hmm. it's uh it's it's almost like in in hellblazer how satan's always after uh always after constantine because he he came Mm -hmm. back after committing suicide right right? so the same thing so what we end up with here is this idea because we, we you're right we she has this suicide note you were right there is nothing nothing is out to get you you're safe now so the interpretation that i'm choosing to look at that is you're right there is nothing like there's a thing that is the nothing and it is out to get you. And so you get this really bizarre idea of a man who's willing to do whatever it takes to keep his wife safe. And even if what it takes is to become a serial killer and not just because he kind of discovers it, but we come to find out that nothing has been whispering in his ear to try to get him to kill Beth, trying to get Owen to kill Beth. And so the assumption here is that because of her brush with, with, with nothing that death, that nothing can't just reach out and grab her. It has to either send somebody else or it has to break her first because she's, she's come face to face with it and she's won. So you're, you're put into this position where this uh, to use a Piers Anthony term, this incarnation of immortality the idea of death as a thing, as a person is now powerless in the face of a living, breathing person. And that's, that's so bizarre. And that's this insane kind of power that you can't, you often don't imagine. Like, even if you, when you, when you picture the four horsemen, you, you you know, you got war and you got death and they just sweep in on horses and they're just wreaking havoc because nothing can get in their way. And yet this woman who probably weighs a buck 40 soaking wet <laughs> death can't touch her. And so he goes through her husband. And so you've got Owen who thinks he's having these urges is what he tells their groundskeeper, I guess yeah. is what he was.
1: I think that he's a he, neighbor.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe just a neighbor that, that does yeah. seem. Yeah. And so he tells me he's having these urges. He doesn't know what it is, but he's, he has an idea and, but, you know, if, if Twitter has taught us anything, it's that men will literally do anything other than go to therapy, right? right. So <laughs> So what does he do? He's like, oh, fuck it. Like, this voice in my head wants me to kill my wife. I'm just going to kill everyone I can find who looks like my wife. And you know what? I might fuck them first. Because,
1: you know, my,
0: I mean, like.
1: Yeah, because why not?
0: Yeah, because why not? Who are they going to tell? Um, oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but so you get this it's like on the one hand it's this really sweet thing but then on the other hand it's like ah oh man that's that's drastic right <laughs> like it seems like it seems like you could have talked to your wife about that and and maybe come to terms with something but it, this it's this idea that that one she's more powerful than death and two the idea that he can trick death Right mm-hmm. And that he can keep nothing on its heels, because he, based on the books, he does seem to have a pretty good idea of, of what his plan is. It's not like he just wants to kill his wife, so he's killing people who looks like his wife. You know it's not, it's not mm-hmm. a "I kill everyone who looks like my mom," type thing. Right. It's, it, he is actively trying to protect her. So you you try to find this weird, um, chivalric is that a word? <laughs> uh, chivalrous chivalrous thank you you try yeah, to find this I do weird- like chivalric yeah chivalric that's what we're going no. so you try to find this weird chivalrous sheen to to his murders and 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 it can be tough to do but you know we have if there's anything we can do here, it's we can take some big steps and and I, I get it i get what he was after and if if your interpretation of this is the fact that the nothing is is real and it's an entity then I think that what you've got here is a character that's terrifying in the fact that he can cause what seems to be a he can drive, what seems to be a sane man to become a serial killer. But at the same time, it, it, it it also creates one of the more, one of the most very subtly creates one of the most powerful female protagonists we've
1: had to date. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm glad that this is the route that you took because I think that if I'm leaning in any one direction, um, it is towards nothing—not being a sort of um, deity, a demon, what have you—that you know is the embodiment of death. But I. I think I'm leaning towards nothing being the embodiment of um, mental health or um, mental unhealth, right? Um, I I think that nothing is different for everyone. Okay, and and I think that uh, this movie does not need a sequel, but if they wanted to. Make a sequel to this, they could really explore different aspects of what nothing does to people based on what that person's personality and what that person's psychology is. Uh, Because if you ask me, and I am not a psychologist, right? Uh, (laughs) But I am a guy with a podcast, so I'm going to speak my mind, right? Uh, Joe Rogan makes more. I mean, yeah, I was going to say if Joe Rogan. (laughs) can say whatever he wants to say on his podcast i can certainly say it here so um what's going on with owen like he's clearly got like whether's whether it's schizophrenia or like borderline personality disorder like he's got two separate lives and one of those lives is incredibly violent yeah and he's trying as best as he can without the therapy that he so desperately needs. (laughs) Right. Um, He's, he's trying as much as he can to not let it, uh, it, let one life impact the other. Right. Um, and, and of course, whenever you do that, you will inevitably bleed from one to the other. And, and this is what happens, right? He can't handle it anymore. And so he kills himself. Right. Um, To me, nothing for him was that. It was it was him um, trying to keep his mental illness hidden from his wife, who he knew had suffered with uh, depression from very early on. For her, nothing is depression. She says she says that he had kept the depression at bay right like right? that was her shit is what she said and yeah yeah and now that he's gone she has to face her depression again because she was self-medicating with him right um and i, I didn't i didn't think about the fact that when he's gone now
0: she has to be face to face with it
1: right uh, okay and And this this is not something that is, I I think, controversial or or new Uh, people who suffer with um, whether it's addiction or or some sort of disorder, something that, you know, is 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 uh, an imbalance. Right. Oftentimes you'll hyper fixate on something to keep your mind off that other thing. Right. And and she clearly was using Owen as that fixation and once he's gone now there's nothing to take her mind off that depressive state that she constantly has so um that's what i think nothing is for her and as time goes on it only gets worse and worse and worse until she feels trapped in this depression where she feels trapped in her home, uh, she does. She's she's not leaving anywhere. Little by little, she stops hanging out with people, right? Yeah, and 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 you'll 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 find that oftentimes people who are clinically depressed, like they they even have a hard time getting out of bed. Yeah, and and so this this is something that I think we see to the point where uh, she doesn't want to be alive anymore. You know, and and her uh, her depression has led to this uh, attempt at suicide. Right, um, or or pondering suicide, in much the same way that he had, until Claire arrives, you know, just in the nick of time to remind her, there are people who care about you. There is an outside world, because people who suffer with depression, it's not like you can just remind them and say, "Hey, we're good, we're here for you." Uh, there needs to be a constant, uh, it's, it's it's constant work. Yeah, to to bring them back from the edge. So, um, I think that I'm leaning towards that, which is obviously a little more out there. Um, it's uh, it's a little esoteric, but uh, and maybe I'm just you know talking out my ass here. But but I I, I kind of like that because it, it I, I think it elevates the movie a little bit more. Um, and and it keeps it grounded in a reality that we often don't get in movies right. uh, of, of this kind. Because uh it is a haunting, but it's but she's haunting herself. Yeah. I mean, and and
0: you know, when you when you look at it from that angle of this this idea of of it being some sort of clinical, like you said, an imbalance, then then the idea of Owen murdering and and understanding that there's nothing her you know being haunted and and feeling that there's nothing that that makes a lot of sense and it's and like I think it's real easy to discredit that by saying well what about the things she saw and heard but I, I think that if you're if you're fixated on the fact that she's seeing and hearing things and you can't get past that as a reason then I think that you don't understand that what we're talking about here is clinical depression, not having a shitty day and being sad. Right. And so I I think I think that you've got a, a really good point there in the fact that like because you also have to remember that that every time she would experience something that quickly, we'd cut to her waking up. Right. right, and so, and she she even said, "Oh yeah, Owen used to sleepwalk, and am I sleepwalking?" And her friends mm-hmm. are like, "Maybe it's sleep paralysis." And she's like, uh, "It's the opposite of sleep paralysis, you know. My my body's awake, and, and I'm and I'm doing these things." And I think that that those those fugue state type things are thing are situations that somebody who's never known somebody or or experienced any sort of clinical depression or mania um, mm-hmm. that could can really kind of wrap their head around. Um, I like I've had moments where I would you know I've had I've had periods of time where I was really down but I, I've never I've never like had these moments where I kind of felt like everything was gone and and I would and I would you know be like maybe I'm clinically depressed mm. And so when I watch something like this and I look at all the trauma in this woman's life, I think it's easy to forget how horrifying that all can be and create these other situations. And so I, I, I like that, that you're, that you're pointing out that angle of it because that's, you're right. It elevates it. that. that mm. That's another That's another level to this movie, especially down to that very last scene where she's sitting there after she's been, or before she's even gets rescued, there's a moment where she's sitting in the boat with what she spends the majority of the movie thinking is the ghost of Owen eventually finds mm. out, you know, it's nothing. And she, for a brief moment, hears not Kristen Bell call her name, and and she turns her head, and what does nothing say? There's no one there. Yeah. There's 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 nothing. There there is only nothing. And so, which is that, what your depression tells you. Which is what your depression tells you, right? Like you, I've 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 known I have known some people who that you know they go through this, and they suddenly not only question whether or not like emotional attachments they have to even family exist, but they, they, they're thrown into the spiral of what if everyone around me is just bullshitting me. And, and so your depression, like that, that moment was the moment where I was like, okay, I can see the clinical side of this, because if you were about to kill yourself, and you were that you were down that deep into it, that that's what the voice in your head is going to say, you know, if that phone rings, and, and, and it's a friend who's worried about you. And you see that number, that voice in your head is going to, don't, don't answer that. They don't care about you. You know, that's the type mm-hmm. of thing I would imagine you're going to go through. And they did, they put that to film just expertly. And then that final moment of she's sitting there with uh, with the neighbor, Mel, I think his name was Mel. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, there's nothing there. And what do we get? Yeah. We, we get this picture of the boat with this very faint, just darkness just sitting in it and what is what is a better representation of a mental health imbalance than just an indefinable indescribable darkness which which
1: she sees very often throughout the house and she sees it everywhere it's in the shapes in the house right and uh, of course it's established that owen was an architect yeah and and that he was you know reading up on different forms of Um, you know, uh, ritual and uh, design and all this sort of stuff that could go into uh, a building. Very very Ghostbusters, right? Very very Uh, Ghostbusters, yes. Yeah, Uh, but I I think that what it really is is that she sees nothing everywhere. Wherever she goes, there is that lack of connection. There is that depression that's riding shotgun with her.
0: And and I think that when we when we build to that scene where she finally confronts nothing and we and we we hear nothing's voice, and when we finally get to that, they so expertly build to that moment in the fact that every time we see nothing before, there's my daughter in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're on the internet now. You're welcome. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 so expertly build to that that confrontation with nothing in every time you see nothing it's a negative space gag there's the the head turns but then she moves and it's and you're right it's a shape in the architecture it's uh it's a shadow in the glass that makes it a lot easier to it to be a, your mind's playing tricks on you type thing and by the time we actually hear nothing's voice and and there's a face-to-face with them she's broken at that point she is done she has just discovered Mm -hmm. that her husband has murdered all of these women um you know she's she's found the bodies and there were bodies boy yeah like that i mean like that wasn't like oops i put one girl under the floorboards i mean that was (laughs) That was a mass grave. Right?
1: That's an oops. Yeah, that, that's a,
0: look one one girl under the floorboards. That's an oopsie daisy. All right, that's <laughs> that's, that's an oopsie daisy. It happens.
1: And I got gotcha. you.
0: You know, but but she But he finds, did not
1: learn from his mistakes. No,
0: no, 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 no. He his his thirst, as it were, were not quenched, and so. But they. It's so. It's so great, and it's so scary. Like the one where it's. The one where it's kind of it's like a bend in like a pillar and the door. The the first time when it's really obvious that well, it's really obvious that it's not obvious, if that makes any sense, right? Like it's oh, okay, it's architecture. So did something turn its head in that? Those negative space builds to what nothing is, were those man, those are those were genius. Like every one of those shots, especially because it's so seamlessly. Shifted the camera just enough to be like, oh shit, it's a bookshelf. Weird. I thought I saw a head turn. And so that all plays into that that other element of of nothing being just a a mental illness factor. But I, man, since you said it at the top of your thing, I'm fascinated by this idea of the fact that the nothing, that that nothing is different for everyone. Because I was so latched on to this idea that it was either depression or an embodiment of death. The fact that Owen had his own nothing, that, right. that's that's blowing me away, man. Like the, the and, darkness it, that was in him is his is his own personal nothing. And yeah. so she said he didn't believe in that. And he had just started to, right? That she had just started mm-hmm. to kind of convince him. And so, like, there's there's a when you look at it from that angle and you talk about the things that Beth said, this is all just kind of setting into me. She said that she would talk to him about how there was nothing. Um, after, when you start to look at it from that angle, you start to wonder if her constant idea of there being nothing led to Ben's break. Not that it would be anybody else's fault that he murdered, mm-hmm. right? But, but if she's constantly just talking about how there's nothing, and 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 that's 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 and you know his brain is twisting and his nothing or these urges he has. You know how many times is somebody gonna remind you that all this shit is is worthless? Like this is all for you know, before you are just like, well then why am I not just killing people? You know because mm-hmm. because that's what my brain is telling me to and do. Gi-
1: giving into these urges.
0: Yeah, like because I like that's what's gonna make me hat. Like, dude, that that that's that is that is like a whole nother level that I did not yeah. like, like I'm writing. I'm like, yeah, it's depression. Let, let Dave see these fucking notes. I'm going to blow his goddamn mind. <laughs> but you, yeah, you, 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 your your recovery right cross on that was genius, man. That's, I love that idea so much. Like
1: what, what I, what I love about when nothing has her totally in its grasp and she's locked in the, um, I guess essentially the upside down, right? The the yeah, the, 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 the reverse. mirror house. Yeah. The, yeah. the the mirror house, yeah. Um is everything that she sees is Owen's nothing. She sees all of his stuff because this is what has led her down this rabbit hole. This is what is l- like making her believe that she is alone. That right. the one that the one thing that mattered to her most, Owen was in fact nothing.
0: Yeah, and it and it really makes it more powerful that that moment where her uh, where her friend is like the Owen that you love, the Owen that you knew. That's who you need to remember and, yeah. and go forward with that. Because if she had, if she had taken that advice instead of giving in to those whispers of the nothing in her ear, mm-hmm. where she had to know more, then she wouldn't have reached that point because. We talked about how your depression is going to talk to you and tell you that that, that nobody matters, or that, that nobody cares about you. But for it to talk to you and also convince you that the one person maybe you genuinely, the one person that you genuinely believed in, was worthless, like that—that's a whole nother level to what 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 nothing
1: can do. We we see this. Um... I mean, I, I think that this is something that's going on right now. Uh, you know, similar situation where, um, like, the the holiest of holies for the United States are founding fathers, and and this like they were the untouchables. You could not say uh, a, a single negative word about these men, and now that we have started to turn our um modern eye on them you know thomas jefferson being who he was and and everything that he did declaration of independence aside diplomacy right. aside right was he a good person you know um and and so you kind of have to make that decision am i going to look at this person as the person that i remember him or her being or am I going to look at everything? Because if I do, that's a rabbit hole I can't uh, come back from. And you know, speaking there are- of that rabbit hole, tune in Friday for our new podcast, Shitting on the Forefathers. <laughs> <laughs> And before (laughs) before I get before I get canceled by um, uh, by the right wing, uh, here's here's our number one fan. That's true. Uh, Our number one fan, Frank Kowalski. It's also important to highlight how she didn't notice her husband going through these things until he died. That's a great point, because I think that she was forcing herself not to see these things. because So her friend asks her, did you really not know?
0: Mm hmm. And yeah, that is that is a masterful point because when you've when you've only got one thing that's mm-hmm. that you're you your ground, you know, your um your constant, right? And what your your you when you decide, when you discover, when you figure out what your constant is, then that person, that thing is gonna be flawless. And you're it's it's gonna be easy to to ignore those things. And I think that I think that that you're you're absolutely right, Frank. That's man that that is that's such a good point because she was very very aware that Owen was her tether to not only a happy life, but we come to see her tether to reality. This this nothing that she experienced when she was a kid and got and died for four minutes it it, it threatened her every day to engulf her life to take everything from her and owen was all she had so like you said with with the forefathers you know or you know or okay well you know what hold on get away from your forefathers when you're a kid when you're a kid your parents even though you're mad at them like everything they do like man when you're when you're a boy like everything your dad does is like superhuman right yeah. you you like i, That's I superman. remember superman. Yeah. Like I remember watching my dad like put in a tile floor and be like, yeah, who else's fucking dad can do this? Get out of here. My dad putting in tiles. Right. And I was like, I was like, I was eight or nine, you know, but but you work
1: in an elementary school. How many times have you heard my dad can kick your dad's yeah, ass?
0: Yeah. Like that's And so like, you know, keeping it there because that's who you have, like your your parents, that's your world when you're a kid. So it's, you don't, you don't see all these things. You eventually reach a point where you're like, oh, well, you know, I mean, sure. I can install tile now. There's really nothing to it. I, I actually can't. <laughs> all, all cards on the table, never installed tile. Um, did put in a laminate floor a couple of times. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's like, it, it's, and like you said, looking back at the forefathers, when you get removed from these things. And it, it was, it was, she got removed from Owen before she could see
1: it. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go yeah so i mean there's there, there's a lot here and so for this for this next this next little bit we're gonna kind of we're, we're just gonna kind of toe the line between these two things and i want to look at something that that i got really excited about while watching the movie and i don't want to say i was disappointed afterwards when when i went to do my research but it, it, it didn't it didn't lead to where I thought it would. And that is this idea that the Nighthouse tries something that's risky. Because they introduce these real life I, these real life things like uh, a droya and the the Lou voodoo doll. These are very real things, but what they do is they create their own mythos. Oh uh, like just uh, you know kind of FYI if you've seen this and not done any research, the Ciar droya are a uh, Welsh maze is almost the wrong word because the walls are never broken you can't actually get lost in it but it's essentially a welsh labyrinth Hmm. but there there is no deeper mythology to them but what they do is they take these real things and the, the Louvre voodoo doll the one that he has a replica of there is a very real thing it's in the Louvre. they don't know much about it but it is there and they they attach their own mythos to them And so, you know, there was one part of me that was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, I've never even heard about this. Like, let's get into this idea of the maze occult. Right. (laughs) And so I go and I I start digging and I was like, oh, all right, cool. They just kind of made it their own thing. But so, I mean, does that work? Did you believe what that was presented to us about the mythos created within the night house? Like, did it, was it, did it add to the scary or was it, was it hacky?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think it towed the line well enough where I I bought it. Like I f- I feel like it was explanation enough. Um, and and this is where I, I think there's that ambiguity again, where it could this can work in one of two ways. It could either be that Owen was really driven by nothing. And so therefore he was looking for ways to um, conduct these things that he needed to do for nothing to keep Beth safe. Right. And so all these things, this uh, experimentation, uh, this learning on, on um, what the movie presents as a cult, right. Is, um, is all for her. And, and, and in, in effect kind of leads him to his own demise. Right. Right. Um, but there's another route because, because I am leaning towards and and prefer the reading of nothing being a, um, an embodiment of your personal, uh, psychology. I kind of like that he was using this as an excuse to, do whatever it was that he wanted to do. Ah. But what I'm more interested in is what Beth used it as an excuse for. And this is something that I've seen in my own life. It is very easy for people to look at a physical illness and say, yep, well, that's what it is. He's got cancer, right? Right. But it's much more difficult for people to say, well, he's got dementia. Or yeah. she's got depression, or bipolar disorder, or borderline personality disorder, or you name it, because those things are much less tangible, and because mental health has always taken a backseat to literally every other kind of healthcare in this country.
0: Yeah, uh, try, try, like try, try to get try to get your insurance to pay for some therapy because uh, because you're having because you're, you're, you're rough. Uh, try to get your insurance. pay. If, if you, if you do not understand what we mean by it, taking a back seat, if you have any type of insurance, go try to find a therapist or a psychiatrist who's going to take your insurance because insurance doesn't pay that
1: shit because you're absolutely right. Like even spiritual health comes before mental health. So a lot of people I have found, and I'm not saying it's most people, But I have found that a lot of people will try to find any possible answer for someone's mental illness. And they'll say, oh, well, it was because of this or it was because of that. Well, no, it's because they were fucking sick. Yeah. And and I think that that's what Beth does. She finds something in his possessions and she latches onto that to such a degree that she is convinced, absolutely convinced that this is what drove him to murder these women. And maybe, maybe it is right. Because he was sick himself. Right. But for her, this narrative starts to unravel where he visited this, you know, occult bookstore and, You know, he uh, flirted with these women and he seduced them and he took them back there. Um, I mean, it's possible that he just has a kite, a a type, a kind that he that he likes. You know, I certainly have a type and almost everyone I know has a type, you know, so wouldn't it be if he was going to like seduce bed and murder someone? That it would be someone that fits his type. Yeah,
0: I, I, you know, that's ah, damn, Dave. You're 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 killing me this episode, man. And and I mean that (laughs) in the best possible. I I I I mean it. Just wait till I I show you my mirror house. I've got it out back (laughs) in the lake. I mean it. I mean I mean it with the most love in the world because, fuck, dude. God damn, that's so good. This idea that that she needs. She needs the nothing to be something physical. She needs these these mazes and this murder house to to mean something. She needs them to explain why Owen was not just a serial killer, mm-hmm. like that. It, ah, fuck! Like I was, I was so latched onto this idea of <laughs> ah, right. Like I was so latched onto this idea of like, yeah, he built like a mirror house because it's all part of this this plan and I had this whole thing about how I was leaning towards this playing into the mental health aspect of the movie, because I didn't want to believe that an all powerful, you know, supernatural deity of death could be tricked by just killing the wrong woman. Cause she had the same hair. And now like I, now I'm not just leaning that way. Like I'm standing firmly in your camp because <laughs> You're right. Like she, she needed a, like, like we just talked about Owen was her tether to, to sanity, to reality. And you can't let that go. Like I said, I'm, I am now, like, like I said, I'm now almost 40. I'm, I'm taller than my dad. Like I do stuff with my dad all the time that, 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 you know, we can both just do, but it's like I still kind of default to him for things because I do mm-hmm. still have the, i I do still have that idea of like, you know, he's my dad. He's gonna know what's best. So if, if her tether was Owen, then she needs something to explain why he did this. It's not just because he was sick. It's not just because his, you know, there there was a voice inside his head, but it was just another part of his head telling him to kill these people like he she needs that she she had fuck dude damn it like that's so that's so good
1: ah
0: like I can't believe I didn't think of that ah this is what anybody who's watching live, this is my revelation
1: face. like I just <laughs> the glass shattering. yeah, like well and look, this is that's just so good. What, this is just one possible reading. right. and so okay, so so what
0: I was ready to say <laughs> was was like this mirror house is a reverse space and it's gonna trick mm-hmm. death. But now what I'm thinking is like, this mirror house is just like I think, I think
1: Kowalski feels how you do. <laughs> there it is. Kowalski, he put the uh, the, with the ghost face meme. emoji. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, so like I said, what I wanted to say was, oh well, it's a mirror house. It's a flipped floor plan. It's all part of this this maze and confusion. the The, the highlight in the book was like uh, it's a decoys, deception, and trickery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all part of that. But what if the decoys that the house itself is a decoy? The deception and trickery are like. Hey baby, let me show you this other lake house I'm building. And and it's not about it's not about tricking the nothing into thinking that he's actually killed his wife. It's just about creating a space where these women feel comfortable enough for you to get mm-hmm. close enough to kill them. This your moment right here has completely flipped everything i was uh, did, i am now in the <laughs> i'm now in the mirrored floor plan of i'm now in my mirrored game plan for how i was going to attack this this bullet point because now all i can think is that the the fact that he was focused on deception and trickery and stuff like that is just because it was always about hunting for him and I am now like completely moving over into this idea that not that I ever considered Owen a hero. Like I said, I was just willing to mm-hmm. make those steps to think that what he did was chivalrous in a fucked up way. Like now I think I'm almost completely out of that camp. And into this idea that it's like, Owen is the ultimate villain here. Who's nothing just triggered what was terrible about Beth. And I'm, and like the, the voodoo and stuff like that, that was all just you, your, your, your idea of Beth buying into it because she needed that. But there's also this really amazing, like this really dark idea of him justifying it to himself, mm-hmm. right? Doing all that research because he understood that, 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 that his nothing was a darkness and the only way he could satiate it with a clean conscience and still live his life was to do all this research into deception, trickery and lies and create a scenario where what he was doing was chivalrous and you we we reach we reach another point where fuck i like like that. yeah like this is this like is now so much more character driven than than I even realized. And at first, I was like, "It's ninety eight percent character driven." Like,
1: I, it's it's basically two actors for the majority of the movie. It's her and Owen, and yeah. uh, and
0: and we 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 get Claire and, and we get presence. Mel, and it's just Owen's presence to an extent. Like the the idea of Owen is so strong. God, shit, that was awesome. God, that was good. I love this podcast so fucking much. Like. <laughs> that was that was ah that was spectacular yeah yeah fuck it that now oh shit so (laughs) so
1: here we go not one complete thought there
0: not a single fucking one (laughs) revelation face so the way i presented this topic was the idea that the Nighthouse presented real life source material and presented it as mythos but what if what we're actually looking here is Real life source material that is in no way presented as mythos, but what we are given is one character's attempt at creating a mythos. What if what Ooh, we have? What I, if what I, we I, have here is not the creators of the nighthouse saying, Here's what Kyra Droya and Voodoo Dolls are about. What if what we have here are the creators of the Nighthouse saying your nothing, your darkness can be so deep that you will personally create a head cannon that justifies serial murder. And so we- As serial killers often do. Right. And so we don't have the creators of the film trying to convince us that this is real. We have a guy whose head is so beyond repair that he had to personally create it and then his wife, his widow had to accept it or else lose what little bit she had left, which was only her own life. That's next level. David Bruckner, I love it. If that's what you meant, God bless you. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Wow. That's absolutely yes. brilliant. Hell yes. That's why we work it out here, folks. Welcome to <laughs> Shiver, a horror movie podcast.
1: Um. So you, you mentioned um, character driven and that leads to our, our next topic of discussion. And I think it's an an important one because this is undoubtedly horror, Uh, but right. That said, there's an awful lot of drama here. This is a psychological thriller as much as it is horror. Uh, It's um, uh, drama as much as it is horror And and so we've got a a very small cast here. Um, You know, we're not working with an extensive cast. Um, This isn't Scream, you know, where you've got like, uh, you know, 10 main players. Yeah. We've got one woman who basically carries 75% of this movie herself. And then we've got Owen, we've got Claire, and we've got Mel. Yep. So um how does this work for you? The the actors firstly and the characters secondly, is this something that you buy into?
0: So when when you look at when you look at actors first, I think there's there's really only two actors that I that I think you, you've gotta really look at. Um, and that is, you've got to look at Rebecca Hall as Beth. Obviously, mm-hmm. her performance here was, uh, and I'm 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 right on the fence about saying this. So I'm going to spit it out there. I'm going to say it was, it was on it was it was on par with Tony Collette in Hereditary. Like wow, she, yeah, okay. like she uh, and 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 I, I've been back and forth about whether or not I was going to say it that way, but I do think that. I do think that the way she shouldered this movie and and took us through, I don't think that we got some of the I don't think I don't think we got as much of the the dramatic part that the pain that Tony Collette experienced in hereditary. Mm-hmm. You know, we we never really got that as much. But her ability to to carry this movie and keep it tense and keep my eyes glued to the screen. I think that she, I think that she, she killed that. She had this amazing ability to go from like, like, like lovable, uh, you know, kind of like empathetic widow to like bitch, but for the right reason. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't say bitch in a derogatory way. I mean, like, like she had this amazing, when she confronts the woman, that she is now convinced she's uh, head on. She's, had an she's very with. assertive. She, yeah. she, yeah, she, yeah. There, yeah. I mean, and and like I said, and you know, like there was a moment where she goes, "You can stop calling him your, hu- you can stop calling him my husband. He wasn't my husband when you were fucking him, right?" And it's like, right. okay, like I see you,
1: right? Like, and, <laughs> like, and you, you know, that's that's another character I didn't mention, but I think she did a fantastic job. Oh yeah, uh, Madeline. Yeah, yeah, that like, uh,
0: but so. So she, I mean, she put this movie on her shoulders and, and and just, and she, we, we get to see her at her, at her angriest when she's tearing up stuff in the basement because now she's convinced he had an affair after she finds more pictures on his computer. Like he's had multiple affairs, but we get to see her at her most vulnerable when she reaches a moment where she is forgiven all of that because she's convinced that standing right in front of her is Owen and she just can't see him and and that 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 slide from 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 hating him to to just being so comforted by the fact that he's there like that's fucking Mm -hmm. range yeah like I that moment when she's standing and she's sitting in the bathroom floor and she's just pleading with this presence that she feels in her house that she's convinced is Owen to, to talk to her and she sees here in the mirror And then she goes in the bathroom and there's the wet footprints and they do this amazing job of like showing like a hand is moving up her skin. Just, ah, and, and there's, and there's an embrace and there there's, and she, she's so vulnerable in that moment. And it comes not long after having like a, a sit down with Madeline where now she thinks my husband is a, is a, is a murderer and an adulterer right yeah like like she's just come face to face with all of this and in that moment owen is all that matters and again we're reminded that that that's her tether and that 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 goes a little bit more toward to characters because we talked about you know the the actor who played owen's barely in the movie but the the character Mm -hmm. of owen but just just looking at beth and that that actress, who was also in Iron Man 3, and that drove yep. me
1: crazy for a while. <laughs> until she's she's been out. in quite a few movies, actually. I was like, man, where do I know her yeah. from? I'm sure I've seen her somewhere else. And then I was like, uh, oh, no, I've seen her in like a ton of other yeah. things. Because uh, um, she was also in The Town. I think that's probably what she's most well-known oh, for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was yeah. in The Town. Uh, she was in uh, the newest uh, Godzilla and King yes, Kong King movie. Yeah, King
0: Kong and G- Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. But, the
1: Prestige.
0: But she, um, oh fuck, I love
1: that movie. Is that
0: horror? Yeah. Can we do that one? Um. So, well, but, enough. <laughs> but Rebecca Hall brought so much range to this character of Beth that I, I just I, and 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 sometimes it happened so quickly that it felt raw. And it felt real like I, we've, we've all been in situations where, where you're, you're, you're mad at someone you love and you're maybe not because they're a murderer, I hope. And, um, <laughs> but we, you know, but, but you, 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 know, you get those moments where you're so fucking angry. You're so angry at somebody and, and you love them, but then that, that and, and embrace or a word or a look and, and you're right back there. And, mm-hmm she brought that to the screen so beautifully. And one time in the scene, literally by herself, uh, it was, it was incredible. It, it was, that's, that's why when I made the show notes, like I made sure that I wanted to mention characters and actors separately because Mm -hmm. she's, she does kind of the opposite, like the, the actor who plays her does the opposite of what the character of Owen does, which is mm-hmm. she's so present and so powerful that, that you can't take your eyes off because she is the
1: movie. And it was amazing. Yep. I, I have to agree with everything. Um, I'm not going to add much, much more to that. I think that um, what, what I will add is the, the characters were incredibly realistic the way that they were written. Um, they did not go for camp. They didn't go for over the top. And if there's uh, a supernatural element to this movie, what tethers this movie to the real world is the characters. Uh, they're all very normal people, very average people. And I think that the emotions that we see them go through are emotions that just about everyone has been through in their life if you're of a certain age. And, um, and, and I think that the, the way it was casted was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I will say that there was one moment, um, or a couple of moments, actually, where I half as expected... Claire to say that she and uh Owen had been having an affair right um and and of course he he was having an affair with you know multiple women uh but she's alive so um right well and and that would that would you know like that's that's another
0: side to that coin of telling her not to dig any deeper right like the Mm -hmm. there's the there's the the good friend side who knows that this could unravel you but then there's also the i fucked your husband side that's like please stop before you find a picture of me on his computer
1: right and that that's what i was thinking i yeah. was like well she doesn't want her to find the evidence of what she and and owen were doing and then in the end like she's just a really good friend and she was yeah. looking out for uh for her well-being uh and and i think that she she played that wonderfully um, and in, in real life, I think we have that as well, where someone tells you, Hey, listen, you don't want to go digging. And, uh, you know, it's not because they're involved in what you're digging. It's just that they're trying to protect you because they know you're going to find something that you're not going to like. Right. And, um, and, and that's, um, I mean, it's, it's an exercise in futility. Why burden yourself with this knowledge? Yeah. Well, maybe you need to, maybe you feel you need to for your own uh, well-being and no one knows that, but you, you know, I, I can very well uh, say, Hey, don't do this. But if you know, you really need to do this, then you're going to do it. Yeah.
0: I I think I, I and you know, and as we, as we shift to talking about characters that, it's, this is probably the first time in, in at least a while. Like there's there's this idea in Hereditary that uh that that Paimon was was a was an, an ever-present character. Mm-hmm. But but this this concept of one of the most important characters being a presence mm-hmm. is is done amazingly well. Like it would have. Pazuzu
1: in the exorcist there we go right
0: like no. uh which by the way if you're not a futurama fan there's there's a moment in futurama where you find out that like professor farnsworth uh pet gargoyle is named pazuzu and and like <laughs> and, and as a futurama and a horror movie fan like it's like the dumbest gag ever and it makes me laugh so hard every time anyway <laughs> um, but so this 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 concept, this this idea from a filmmaking perspective of how do we make something that you can only feel present, right? Like how do we make it an important character? and they they did that in spades. yeah, you know they they do this, you know they they do the they do the yeah, the real obvious thing is like, oh, he turns on the radio and he always plays the song from their wedding and stuff like that. but, like the the little things where you his even when even when nothing is actually happening you know from the supernatural element of things like she's not seeing things or hearing things ben is omni oh, not excuse me not ben owen is mm-hmm. omnipresent in this movie because even when she's
1: were you active- always looking for him yes
0: Constantly, constantly, yeah, yes. Like uh, there he's was, there, was, there, he's there, yes. and he's like,
1: not there because like, he's were, here, he's there, in
0: your mind. Right. There were moments where I was like, I would kind of realize I was, I was listening and I was paying attention, but I would realize that I didn't have a focal point on the screen because I was trying to make sure I could see everything. Because of exactly that, he's always there. She's in the bookstore. Nothing supernatural is happening, but you see the girl walk by. And, and Owen's there because that's the girl. That's the girl from the phone. Owen's the reason I'm here. Owen's the reason I need to confront her. Owen is here. I I often, when we're making this podcast, I'm am just amazed at the way that a filmmaker or a film writer's brain can work to create these instances. And this is one where I, I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with, with, a, with, a word, with Microsoft Word open and, and trying to write something and never write something where someone you couldn't see was on screen at all times. And I, I think that that is, is the key to this movie is the fact that Alwyn is always there
1: uh frank says i looked everywhere hereditary taught me always yeah. to check the background absolutely yeah um, and and mike flanagan <laughs> yeah well and that's what i was gonna say um I, I, that that is a uh an ari Aster thing he loves to to drop little things here and there there's always something going on on the screen uh but that's also a mike flanagan thing and I think one of the brilliant things that was done in this movie was the very first time that we see nothing is in the reflection of the door. Yes. And uh, you're kind of looking and you're like, is someone there is something there. And all you see is like what might have been headlights on the road. Yes. But it turns into eyes. What could be eyes. And I was like, that was a Mike Flanagan level fuck with my head right there. Yes. That 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 mind fuck was on Mike Flanagan's um, level of like, holy shit. And because that was done so early in the movie, I kept looking for it all yep. over the place. And what's, what's beautiful about nothing is that when nothing was there, it was amazing and yeah. it was terrifying. And when nothing was there, Nothing was there. <laughs> Nothing was. It's you it's, know. We, it's it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, like we uh, we uh, we. If, if you're not following us on Instagram, follow us at Shiver Pod. We posted a thing recently where uh, Turner Classic Movies released a scientific. Uh, if you can't, if you're not watching, we're doing air quotes study <laughs> on what are the scariest movies, and it's because they. They, they did it based strictly on average uh, beats per minute, making people wear heart monitors while they do this. We, we've talked about this mm-hmm. before on the podcast. And the, the newest one says The Host, which I think is a pretty scary movie. I don't know if it's the scariest movie of all time. Um, it ranks number one because it has the highest BPM. What's amazing about that gag um and, and just by the way i if, if i've never actually said it on this podcast i i just use the word gag for like any sort of visual thing that's meant to draw an effect like i don't yeah. just use it to mean something funny just just in case anybody's listening who's wondering why i call it a gag so when you're when you when you see that shadow figure in the door gag what's amazing about that is my heart stopped like it it didn't it didn't beat faster like i was was there was like a a three quarters a full second there where I wasn't able to breathe because you had
1: to remind yourself to do it again.
0: And and so like and because that was that was so subtly scary that it was fucking horrifying. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I, ever since we posted that thing on our Instagram all night long, like I'd be looking at, I've got I've got a watch that does my my beats per minute, right? And I'd be looking at, like, oh, apparently that wasn't that scary. I felt scared. You know? <laughs> so, like, so I think that I think that in that moment was where I fully became convinced that that obviously that's that's not a metric um, right. for for just how scary something is because that was so fucking scary. And like I said, I I, I even I was even like I even like kind of just. said to myself i was like my heart's not racing but i i'm horrified right now like that was Mm -hmm. that was very scary and you're right it's it was it was so subtle and so beautiful in the way they did it because it didn't change that much and nothing was there until nothing was there right? right and it's just it's just it's so beautifully done like the the technical aspects of that 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 Bruckner bought to this were were uh, that it, you're yeah man Ari Aster like Mike Flanagan like it's it's that level it's on of that good. level yeah I
1: agree. I agree so
0: we are getting to the end here and it is about time for us to rate this movie now if you're new to the podcast or if just listening we'd like to remind you that we only rate a movie against itself because it's not fair to rate all movies against each other. So what we do is we create a unique rating system for each movie. We've kicked around a couple different ones. My initial thought was I was going to go, um, I was going to go like super obscure, like 30, 15 second scene in this, but I'm not, I'm going to bail off that. And I'm going to go with what is the obvious one, but because now everything that's been revealed about this idea of their mythos has blown me away so much. That we're going to go with what's the pretty obvious one here. And Dave, out of a possible five mirror houses, reverse houses, backwards houses, whatever you want to call them, what do you give the night house?
1: You know, initially I was thinking, you know, um, great technical filmmaking. Check. Um, Great use of music. Check. Great acting. Check. Great story writing. Check. Check. And then the only thing I was thinking was, you know what? The ambiguity of what nothing is leaves this to be a somewhat confusing film. And I didn't know whether I liked that. And now that we've talked about it a little more, I really like that. I really like that there is no definitive answer as to what that is. Um, And and I, I don't see that as something that could be a potential negative anymore. Uh, if anything, it's great because we just spent the better part of an hour talking about just that. Yeah. Talking about stuff that wasn't in the movie, right? Like, right. Like just It's in yeah. the movie, but it's not in the movie. And and that's, to me, I mean, that's a success. If, if your film incites such great conversation on theme, on story... Yeah. Right, where you don't have to get bogged down in the plot, like we almost never mentioned the actual plot of this movie, yeah, because it's totally irrelevant. It's inconsequential. What is important is the story, is what's going on, and I think that for that, it's fucking brilliant. And you couple that with the fact that everything us every other thing that I mentioned was like so great. I take back what I said earlier that this flirts with elevated horror it doesn't flirt with it at all it takes it back home and rocks its fucking world to its real Um, house yeah to its real house not to its (laughs) mirror house yeah so I'm, i'm giving this a full five mirror houses this movie has shaken me to my core i've Um, like once it was done, like I, my jaw was on the floor because I didn't quite know what I had seen, but I knew I really, really liked it. And the more I thought about it and the more we just talked about it now, fucking love this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, when I watched this last night, man, like I said, I I had this weird roller coaster because I reached this moment where I was like, Oh, like, uh, like I said at the top, I reached the moment where I was like, Oh shit. Like I get it. He's killing women that look like her to keep her safe. From from whatever this 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 demon is that's chasing her. Then they they still brought it back and they brought it around in a way. And so I thought that was going to be points against, mm-hmm. much like you, because the 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 ambiguity of what I had just witnessed was was weighing on me oddly. And it turns out that it was weighing on me like creepily, and and in a way that that I hope they meant to present it. Um, After sitting here, you're right. I'm right with you on this one. Like after sitting here and talking about it and until you said it, like I didn't even realize that we, we very rarely talked to, yeah. Like we, we weren't like, here's what happened. And then it happened like, because (laughs) that, that, that didn't matter. What we were given here was presented in such a way that you're allowed you're, you 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 don't feel bad bringing your own interpretation to it, and like some of the things, some of the like I, like I said, I felt like I was so ready <laughs> for for what I was gonna say, but like to be able to sit down 24 hours later and already be given another perspective on some things. And to, if you're watching live, like, like I said, just that, that, that might be the first time that I've ever just had like a full blown, I've, I've had ideas that have developed on the show, but like just a full blown kind of revelation to be able to sit down 24 hours later and not be watching it again, just talking about it and have that, um, that's, that that's, that's worth plenty of mirror houses. And damn it, if, if, (laughs) if, if, if anything, if anything watching a high school teacher basically tell a parent to go fuck themselves for trying to change their kid's grade.
1: Oh, it was brilliant. That was so brilliant. Has got to be worth a whole fucking star, right? Because
0: <laughs> like Dave, Dave and I are both teachers, and, and we, without naming names, could probably give you a, a roundabout ballpark figure of how many times we've wanted to look a parent and tell, in the face and tell them to go fuck themselves for different reasons. Dave, because of grades, I'm sure. Me, because sometimes kids are just assholes, and I can't tell parents their kids are assholes.
1: But so I stopped myself from doing that today, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what? So like I said, all of that other stuff, coupled with the fact that I got a cathartic moment in watching not only a teacher tell a parent to go fuck themselves, but do it so rightfully and so justfully that the parent had to sit there and eat that shit sandwich. (laughs) How's
1: that taste?
0: Yes. This is Five Mirror Houses. This movie, I don't know how it flew under the radar. And and maybe yeah. it's just, maybe, like, I know I don't have cable, but I spend enough time online <laughs> and frequenting things <laughs> that I feel like I should have heard about this movie coming out last year. And I completely missed it. And so I'm so happy. Um, HBO Max, sponsor us. We love you for recommending this to us. Yeah. This was... This was such a great wreck and such an amazing way to kick off our month of movies that are new to both of us, man. Yeah. This is five mirror houses.
1: I mean, sew it up, done deal. This thing was a blast. Absolutely. Uh, And good to know that we're not alone. Uh, Mr. Kowalski Uh, also gives this five out of five mirror houses. He says, I also like the ambiguity makes it a great movie to converse about. The ambiguity reminded me a lot of the thing. I know the thing is your favorite movie. Uh, And you're right. That kind of, you know, that kind of open-endedness in the thing is part of what makes it so scary. And, um, and I think that that's part of what makes this so scary. Um, This idea of death coming towards you. That is scary. But it is something that we've seen done before in the right. Final Destination series. Um, this, I think, is something new. If you approach it from the angle that this is your own personal mental health that is stalking you.
0: Or even if you approach it from the angle of the fact that that the nothing, that death is the supernatural entity that's going to come to you. The idea that it has to break you down mentally and mm-hmm. make you kill yourself is far more frightening than the idea that it will just drop a giant pane of gl- pane of glass on you <laughs> and yeah. smash you which is a dope effect but not nearly as scary as the idea of an an omniscient being breaking you and the ones you love until you kill yourself
1: yeah yeah because because otherwise i think it does become a little derivative of final destination it's just less slashery yeah. And um and and so I I kind of I don't want to think of it that way. And right. I I don't I don't think that that's what was intended. I'm, uh, I'm
0: I'm with. I started I started this episode in the supernatural camp, and I'm not there anymore. I burned that motherfucker to the ground, and I'm <laughs> I'm straight up in the. This is like a. Which, by the way, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so there you go. And, and that that one just kind of happened, but there we go. Look at us staying on topic. So yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. And, and, he, and here I was thinking idea.
1: I was on topic, wearing an Empire Strikes Back uh, baseball cap on May the fourth. It is May the 4th, isn't it? Yeah. Uh so there you have it. Five out of five mirror houses for the night house. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, and even if you didn't, uh make sure that you uh you subscribe, uh, because it helps us out, right? I'm sure somewhere. I mean, people say that, so I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. while, um, but uh you know, subscribe on um on uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Podbean, wherever it is that you receive your podcasts, um, make sure to look out for the other Geek Bro Network podcasts uh, show like Mount Geek, more like What's Up, Bro? Better let me tell you, Seasons, a TV podcast, uh, Dose of Ellie, Comedy, Fitness, Kickflicks, and our uh, sister show, Crimacopia
0: uh also make sure you head over to t public where if you do a search for geek bro you can order gear with all of the shows that dave just mentions logo on them including our amazing shiver logo that you can check out right up here um things a piece of beauty and you can put it on just about anything so make
1: sure <laughs> dave's trying to figure out how to point to it uh i'll give it to you uh, i, I, I- I can't use my other hand because my dog <laughs> climbed into my, my arms at the very beginning of the show. She's the, been there my, the whole time? The whole time. It's my wife's <laughs> chihuahua, and she sucks. This is the one I'm always having to quiet That's down. the
0: one you have to mute your mic for all the
1: time. Yes. Yeah. And so she was quiet. And I was like, all right, fine. Dude. So she she's just been here wow. the whole time. So say hi. But yeah,
0: so so make sure you check us out on Team Public. Also, like I said earlier, all of our social media is at Shiver Pod. We've had some great interactions with some people lately. That the the Turner Classic movies, scariest mm-hmm. movies of all time thing pulled some great responses. We've uh we've slowly been meeting a lot of people out there in the horror family um on Instagram. Our Instagram is growing every day. If you're listening, if you're watching and you started following us, you're liking. Our post, we really appreciate that, and uh, we we're trying to return the love. We love you all so much. Thank you so much. It's man, like we we're we're starting we're starting to reach a lot of people. But if you still have not left us a review on Spotify or at least a ranking, hit up there and give us some stars. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. We are on all Shiver Media. We are on all social media <laughs> at Shiver Pod. Shiver Media. That's what ours are, is called. We
1: are on Shiver Media as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we will be back next week with another movie that neither Daniel nor I have seen, Fresh, which you can find on Hulu, I believe. Starring Sebastian um, Stan, the Winter Soldier yeah, himself. The also, Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah. also, also, also Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, that, that one should uh, prove to be interesting. So... Um, On behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much.